What is up, my beautiful people? Welcome back to Deconstructing. I am one of your hosts, Curtis Cooper, and I am joined by the iconic Delaney Harris. Hey. Delaney, okay, I have a random question to start off with. Go for it. If, if you could use a color to describe how you feel right now, what color would it be and why? Yellow. Hopefully not blue. Okay, why yellow? <laughs> yellow, I feel yellow. Um, I think it's because I just cleaned my room and okay. I feel like fresh and happy and just like mm. everything is perfect. And so yellow is like a happy color, yeah. Almost like a spring color. Like a spring color, yes, exactly. Yes. Good old Delaney spring in the fall Harris. <laughs> what color would describe uh, your mood? I feel red right now, not because I'm angry, but because I'm juiced up. Okay. I am ready to go. I just worked out, got some gains. Nice. And uh, I'm excited to be here today. All right. And uh, we have a very special topic for our wonderful listeners today. And it's a topic that I did a, albeit tiny, amount of research for. <laughs> so Del. Yes. Polygamy, polyamory, we're gonna break all that down today. And what we know about it, what we think about it, is it ethical in our view? Is it religiously okay in our view? We're gonna, we're gonna look at all of it. All right. So, okay. In terms of the special research I did, I went on yield Google and <laughs> I looked up definitions for both. Now I'm going to start with polyamory because polyamory is the more broad term. Okay. According to Wikipedia, the greatest of all sources, um, it only gets more accurate the longer it exists. <laughs> I've, I firmly believe this. Like, sure. Like in 20, like 10, it might've been like, okay, like anybody can edit it, but like, there's so many people that like swarm Wikipedia and like make sure it's accurate now. Like it's almost impossible to like get like incredibly bad information from Wikipedia these days in the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> All right, according to Wikipedia, polyamory is the practice of or desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner with the informed consent important of all partners involved. People who identify as polyamorous may believe in open relationships with a conscious management of jealousy and reject the view that sexual and relational ex exclusivity are necessary for deep, committed, long-term loving relationships. Others prefer to restrict their sexual activity to only members of the group. A closed polyamorous relationship, which is usually referred to as polyfidelity. That's a term I have not heard before. Me neither. So now before we get into like, polygamy specifically let's talk polyamory okay is there anything in that definition you feel like it's missing in your view of polyamory in my view I don't think so it seemed to be a pretty accurate unbiased description okay so just to start off with like Del tell me about your relationship with the idea of polyamory so personally I don't have an issue with polyamory okay I, if I for me personally, like in my relationships, I don't, I, I like to be exclusive if it's a serious relationship. If it's casual, I don't care. And so, oh, so you're in the casual polyamory. Yes, for me personally, but okay. as a whole, I don't think it's wrong. I think each individual has like a different thing that works for them. And I know that for me, it usually doesn't work. Hmm. Why is that, if you don't mind me prying into a little bit of your personal life? Sure. Um, I'm just a very, when it comes to a deep relationship, like, um, like a romantic relationship, I like the intensity of like a one-on-one -on -one, like interaction. I, mm -hmm. I like that. I like the dynamic of having one person who knows you very, very well. And I think that when it goes from one person to more than one person, it, in my mind, like it confuses me and yeah. it it becomes too complex. And mm. so that's my, that that's what stops me from having like a, like a, a serious po polygamous relationship. Got you. Yeah. So it's almost as if like, in your view, you specifically have like a certain amount of bandwidth 
that you allow for relationships. And one person pretty much takes up all that bandwidth to where if there was more than one person in the scenario, then you would be spread too thin almost. Exactly. That's exactly it. That makes sense. And like jumping off of you, like <laughs> this is another one of those where like we're probably going to have close to exactly the same opinion because I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, and unfortunately, that's going to be a probably a running theme or like, oh, you have two straight white, mostly heterosexual people. Um, I'm not going to speak for you, but I speak for me that I'm completely <laughs> het. Um, and we uh, are pretty like vanilla in terms of uh, our views on like this type of stuff and like our actual practices to where like um, polyamory is not something for me. Um, but I see no problem with um, most relationships that are based around consent, mutual respect, and just the idea of valuing whoever is in that relationship, I guess you could say. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say that if a couple like wants a third person for a casual relationship, I'm totally okay with that concept like for me personally but oh, okay I, I couldn't let it proceed into like a serious relationship I'd have to have mm -hmm. a, a stopping point but yeah yeah I mean consent is everything <laughs> it is. and uh <laughs> as long as like people are conducting themselves like ethically like I mean I don't see a huge issue with quote-unquote consenting adults you know right um but jumping off of that, um, what do you know about what the Bible has to say about polyamory, taking it into like a Christian perspective? You know, I don't think I've ever heard or read anything. I'm sure there is, but I haven't personally ever read anything about it in the Bible. What do you know? Well, I mean, that's just the thing. The Bible doesn't mention thou shalt not be polyamorous. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Because, I mean, um, jumping a little bit into polygamy, polygamy is just the practice or custom, this is according to dictionary.com, the practice or custom of having more than one spouse at the same time. Mm. And uh, here's, here's, a, here's a couple fun, couple fun subheadings there. In zoology, it's a pattern of mating in which an animal has more than one mate. In botany... It's the condition of bearing some flowers with stamens only, some with pistils only, and some with both on the same or different plants. Huh. So yeah, basically polygamy is just polyamory when people get married. Okay. Okay. When actual like marriage agreements are in place. Got you. And uh, yeah, and when... When I talk about polyamory in the Bible, usually it, it boils down to polygamy in the Bible because mm -hmm. that's the that's the uh, examples we see. We're like, oh, yeah, like Abraham took um, or not Abraham. Um, I don't, because I don't think uh, Hagar wasn't ever his wife, was she? I believe she was just his mistress. I think so. But I'm not sure. Um, but regardless, that was polyamorous because Sarah definitely knew about it. And I believe she was the one to encourage him to do that. Yeah, I think it was her idea. Yeah. Um, which has ethical, ethical uh, questions in and of itself. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the idea of polygamy is spread throughout the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament. Um, when you have people like Solomon taking like, oh, it was like, 500 brides and like 500 concubines or something crazy like that um and god is never like oh i'm gonna remove your blessing because you're polygamous he's always like i'm gonna remove your blessing because you're disobedient about something else hmm. so the bible doesn't ever like specifically outlaw polygamy right i think with sarah and abraham wasn't it that sarah like didn't trust God's promise and she went against his will not so much that there was yeah yeah I think that was the the issue that God had yeah, and she, I don't know I can't she basically <laughs> she basically laughed off God when he told her that she was gonna conceive right and so 
I think another thing that we should mention, though, is that in the Bible, in biblical times, and like pretty much all times, except for maybe within the last 50 to 100 years, depending on where you want to argue, like polygamy is almost universally used as ownership over women, as opposed to like, like free love and all that. Um, because obviously women didn't have any power of their own to seek an income, to be independent. Um, they basically had to find someone to marry. And especially in more times of antiquity, um, sometimes that involved being uh, a wife among many others. And to that I say is not ethical because treating women as property is bad. Hot take. Hot take, okay. What say you about that, Del? Do you think that, uh, do you interpret any biblical relationships differently than that? Um, so it's, it's hard for me to say because the culture is so different. Absolutely. My culture, yeah, my culture versus that culture. And so in my culture, the way it was done back then um, would not fly. <laughs> <laughs> women as property would be that's just not something that I'm accustomed to here in the U.S. Um, and so in that sense I would say it's unethical yes but in that culture and other cultures around the world it is how it's done and so I think the argument then comes is what my ethical code based on my culture and my background does that apply in places outside of this culture and this this way of living mm -hmm. yeah and like that that kind of um dips into some murky territory because we don't want to be quote-unquote ethical imperialists right. where we kind of force our society's ethics on other people without like their consent obviously right um my counter argument to that would be well i mean if you're forcing marriage on someone without their consent like that's bad no matter what culture you're in Okay. I at least, see, at least in my opinion, I can see, I can see where, where you, where you would stand on that. Yeah. Cause like in, in many cultures and like, including biblical cultures, like not only was polygamy a widespread thing, but child marriage was a widespread thing. And that in my opinion is evil in any context. It doesn't matter. Like I have zero, zero, uh, zero gray. Like there's, there's no like gray line in that. There's just, it's black and white for me. Black and, white. and that's just, that's just how unfortunately it was done back then. Right. And I mean, we don't exactly know how old like Mary was, but. Like Mary, mother of Jesus. Yeah. Signs indicate she was pretty young. Okay. I wouldn't have any idea how old she was. Um, and we are not theologians, as I will continue to preface. This is just us relaying our uninformed opinions to the masses. So I will say that I think that's one area that I have never found anyone who agreed with me on. And I'll go ahead and state my opinion, and then you can tear me apart. <laughs> Ooh, are we going to disagree on something? Let's go. We are. I've never found someone who agrees with me. So I agree that in this culture, in this context, that um, child marriage is wrong. And it's pedophilia, it's a crime. And I think that ethically and morally in this culture, that is true. And this, by this culture, I mean good old US state, United States of America and the year 2021. However, the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. However, however, I don't know that I can take what I consider right or wrong in my culture and be accurate in that decision in a different culture. And so I, growing up, I had a friend who was a missionary and they would constantly talk about um, uh, marital rape in her country that she was a missionary mm -hmm. in and how wrong it was. And she would say, I don't understand because the women over there are like, quote unquote, okay with it. And I asked her, I was like, what do you mean they're okay with it? And she said, well, the women over there, they say like, like okay. <laughs> and then get down to the specifics. She told me that she was sent lubricant in a care package and she gave it to a woman there and the woman had her first orgasm because she was able, she couldn't consent still because she was in that culture, but she yeah. was able to like feel like sexual pleasure. And she was like shocked. Like she thought like, wow, the missionary was like a witch or something like that because she made mm -hmm. this happen. And so you look at that and you say, well, 
she wasn't enjoying sex before that. So is it really consensual? Well, is consent even a thing in that country? And is it okay for me to say, well, consent is required for your marriage. Otherwise it's like unethical. If I haven't grown up in that country, I know nothing about the mindset, the psychology, or even the physiology mm-hmm. of people live there because we're different from, from um, culture to culture in our backgrounds, in our uh, understanding of ethics. And so and that, I think that translates to biblical times too, in that I can't sit here and say that Mary, mother of Jesus, was unconsenting, although <laughs> the Bible <laughs> kind of hints that she was unconsenting um, to begin with, and that she was reluctant to do any of it. But yeah, the angel just popped up and was like, You're pregnant. You're pregnant. Sorry, girl. <laughs> Oof, and so in yikes. That question, yeah, in that question, uh, I mean, in that statement, are we going to say that like she was like not consenting to the Holy Spirit? Like, I don't know. It just it you can make up. the argument. You can make the as, argument. As right? blasphemous as it sounds, like it's it's yeah. possible to make that argument. Exactly. And so my question really is then, is this like the concept of consent and of, of being of of appropriate age to get married and have sex? Is that something that's not traditionally in our uh, like in our history is it something that directly translates to historical times what you're asking right exactly that is a fascinating question right and i don't know if i can sit and argue the ethics from thousands of years ago and be correct i mean i can sit there and talk about it and like what i but i don't know if i can be correct because it's so different you know we yeah we, we can all we can do is paint in broad strokes we don't have like any super specific like historical knowledge right right what do you think um i think that's that's a fascinating point i'm glad you brought it up um because there are like still like cultures that um we are discovering like not every culture on this planet even currently is known but there are i've i've seen in documentaries like there are cultures with emotions that we don't have like there are there are words that other cultures have for like something that you feel that we don't even necessarily like feel or we don't really express feeling it right and it does it would make sense if in turn there are certain cultures that would not have any concept of consent or like why that is right or wrong now right because they don't have a concept for that does that mean that i think we should not try to educate that specific part um in terms of allowing for women to have more freedom i mean no i i think that i think that there are um and this this is going to be this is going to sound very like almost um pretentious and like western centric of me to say but like i do think that there are universal uh morals in terms of how to conduct yourself with people Mm. and i think that there are there is a biblical basis for that um and i think that that you can easily get in trouble with that like i mean look at american politics now like there are people who like cry foul when like um you take down like a statue of the ten commandments or something and they're like oh you're taking away our nation's like morals or something but i think it goes even deeper than that i think that um like the in like the almost the almost animalistic morals that have been like baked into like human dna and i do think that that is something that is that is supernatural that is something that god themselves put in like the genes of humanity, like either over time or all at once, depending on where you stand on that. Um, And I do think that value for obviously women and like anybody who is quote unquote, like weaker than you is one of those like universal values that I believe in. Okay. What are your, what are your thoughts on all that? I think that, um, that that's a strong stance to, stance to have, especially in this day and age. And that's something that's probably going to empower you to go a lot of places and to um, stand up for it. Cause it's a, it's a strong foundation to build your, your morals on. And so I admire it. Oh, thank you. Yes. 
was that was that was that the final was that the final word on that? <laughs> um, that's that's uh, that's the basis, <laughs> in my opinion. I hey, that's okay. I can't I can't say that I have the same, but I think that I think that with with your um your what would we call it? I guess we'll just use the same word. But your foundation, you'll be able to measure um, ethics very thoroughly across culture and time, and that's good um, in a lot of contexts. I, I struggle with that because of how I just described my ethics mm-hmm. change from century to century and era to era and country to country and culture to culture. Mm-hmm. I can't sit and say that I can do the same, but I get way more confused trying to sort things out. And so it might yeah. be wise to have a foundation such as yourself. Yeah. And like, I think that some people, I think objectivity and subjectivity in terms of like your your views and your values is not like, is not A or B like anything else, it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're probably like, if completely subjective and completely like objective or like hard truths are on opposite ends of a spectrum, like you're probably in the middle between like the middle of the spectrum and like subjectivity. And I'm definitely, I definitely skew more towards like hard, like objectivity in terms of morality. Yeah. And that's okay. Because there are plenty of things I do think are subjective, but there are like, I guess, some core drivers that I have that are almost non-negotiable for me in terms of how I conduct myself. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, yeah, Del, you have to have like the exact same morals as me or else like I'm not even going to talk to you. Right. Yeah. Like that would be that'd be kind of ludicrous. And (laughs) there are people out there that are like that. And uh if they ever were to find this podcast, I say, shame on you. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I do think we should have a threshold for um, people's morals and people's beliefs in terms of like who we want to surround ourselves with in an intimate context yeah. and in a, like a close friend slash partner context. Yes. Um, but it's, uh, it's a little tricky when you think about... Uh, marriage and polygamy and all that in the context of like well i mean if these people both men women anybody else are not even they they're not even trained to think about consent like how do you go about either like making their lives better or um should you even try to intervene or would that just be like hurting like their cultural identity and like you would in turn be perpetuating some idea of like imperialism. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky balance, definitely. And I think what you said about allowing the intimate people, like people you're intimate, intimate relationships with to make sure that their morals and their ethics like align with yours in a sense is important. And I didn't used to believe Mm -hmm. that. But over time, I've seen how devastating it can be when they don't and you get to a point where you have like a crossroad and you have to cut that person out or do something that goes against your ethics in order mm-hmm. to keep that relationship. And it's it's a difficult place to be. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure both me and you have done both, like in cutting people out that we should and maybe keeping people around that like some people would keep around. Right, yep. And I mean, me and you have definitely talked a lot about that, about like, in terms of like both of our lives about like, oh yeah, like maybe you should consider cutting this person off. Yes. And then one of us will be like, well, I mean, A, I have so much invested in this person and B, I don't think they're inherently a bad person. And I think that they do have the capability to change. Right. And that's a judgment that everyone has to make for themselves ultimately. Yeah, it's true. Um, and even sometimes just stepping back from a relationship or a friendship and saying like, I, I, I want to keep you in my life, but not as close to my life. That can be a step that is often we have, we have, we have to take. I one time went from being in a relationship to being in a friendship because the person I was dating, um, they were, they were, <laughs> they were in their late twenties and they didn't understand what consent was. And by that, I mean, they kept asking me like, like, what is it? Um, what happens if like halfway through a sexual interaction, this person says, no, do you keep going or do you stop? And I remember just thinking like, I don't, I don't want to date you if I have to explain this to you. Yeah, that is, that is a problematic question from a dating perspective. No, thank you. 
And so I stepped back and we're still friends, this person and I, but I knew I couldn't be in a relationship with them. I can yeah. still be in a friendship, but that's just something that goes beyond my capability of, in a relationship. Yeah. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a special call out to uh, my amazing cousin, Brad, who we will have on at some point. Now, in terms of the order of releasing our episodes, it might be the first episode you all hear. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Uh, or me and Dell have not decided yet. This is a democracy, not a dictatorship. <laughs> um, but uh, one time Brad told me something that I will remember the rest of my life. And that is that some people are just not meant to be your best friends. They're meant to be your acquaintances. Yes, that's very wise. And that is something that's almost been like one of the driving um, kind of themes for me in this year. And it, it also can extend to like romantic, like you were talking about, like some people are not meant to date you. They're meant to be your friend. Yeah. And that is such a hard lesson to learn because sometimes we think we know what we want and we deserve something. And like when you know, you don't, you really don't. Right. And it, it's a process to learn like what's healthy for you. And uh, me and me and me and Del, you, we, we were talking like right before we started recording, like 2021 is the year of not settling. It is. It's the year of leveling up. So everybody who is listening to this, who will ever listen to this, do not settle. Don't settle. For bad friends, bad relationships, like anything, bad family members even. Don't settle for that because you deserve happiness. Now, does that mean that like anybody owes you happiness? No, that is not what I'm saying. I am saying that you deserve to give yourself happiness. Yes. By choosing the right people to be around. Yes, exactly. Yep. And don't settle for like a bad mood either. I think that's something that I learned this year is that if I'm in a bad mood, I need to figure out what's going on to put me that way. I'm not going to settle for living my day like that, you know? Exactly. And like, but also do not settle for a fake happy mood. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because there, there have been times where like you have to sit in like a certain like negative state or like a sad state. And you're like, I need to like kind of kind of crawl through this mud to see like what's really going on. For sure. Sort it out. Don't shove it down. Sort it out. It goes back to uh, it goes back to mindfulness, honestly. <laughs> it does. I'm sure that's not the last time we'll be ranting about mindfulness, but probably not. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> hey, if that's the theme for our podcast, I don't think you could pick a better theme. <laughs> okay, so Del. Yes. I do want to. I do want to talk some more about polygamy, polyamory, though. Yes, our topic. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, our our regular topic. Um, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna title this like uh, polyamory, polygamy, and cultural imperialism, or something like super crazy like that. Okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I like um, it. Okay, but let's let's make it a little personal. So, Dell, you have met the love of your life, right? And this love of your life tells you like hey like I love you I will always love you but I also believe strongly in polyamory and the idea of like um I think that we should have an open relationship what are your thoughts um okay let me think and in this scenario you do like really love this person this isn't someone you're like uh I don't know about this person or like I'm looking for a reason to break up with this person Okay, so I think I would make one, no, there are two different decisions that I might make depending on where I am. So I'll tell you one of them. Okay, so decision A, I might be 100% okay with it. I'm a very relaxed person and I'm very like, go with the flow. I do like to be the only girlfriend or significant other. I do like that. Yeah, it's kind of a nice feeling. It's kind of a nice feeling, <laughs> but I think if it was agreed upon, there's a chance I'd be cool with it. However, however, based on past experiences, 
like the times I've been in relationships where I felt a kind of love, I think that based on those, I would rather be single. Mm, Well, for one, I thrive single. I'm so in love with just life and myself and my family and my friends that losing the love of my life, I don't think would devastate me as messed up as that sounds. No, I understand that. But also because um, reflecting back on those times that I have been in love, I wonder if I could really feel fulfilled in a relationship where it was had multiple partners. I don't know. I think that's a good question to ask. Like, yeah, for any relationship, like, does this relationship fulfill what I'm looking to fulfill? Right. Yes. It is an excellent question to ask. And so I, I would, one of, one of those two would happen. I think Um, I'm guessing probably the latter, but I can also see the former definitely being Mm -hmm. something that is quite possible. Or maybe it begins as the former and eventually progresses to the latter. That's true. That is like chill with it at the beginning. And then you're like, "Eh, you know, like kind of tired of this. Yes. And from past like not my experiences but like reading it or listening to podcasts about other people's experience with it that's very common and so I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened Mm. yeah what are your thoughts um yeah I mean to be to be honest I'd probably be like that is excellent that you feel comfortable enough to tell me that I'm glad that you communicated that to me um but I don't think that this this romantic relationship can move forward with me um, just for every single reason you just gave. Like, I think that, I think that I would just not feel secure. And like people, people draw their security from different aspects of relationships. Mm-hmm. There isn't like one like set definition of security for people, but my, my definition of security would definitely be monogamous, I think. <laughs> Yeah. At least, at least for like a long-term relationship. If I'm really like in love with this person. Right. Yeah. And like you said, like I definitely in the last couple of years have like really enjoyed my singleness and kind of like, I'm almost like reveling in that right now and like enjoying myself. Like if there's one thing me and you have in common, Del, it's we love us some us. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's obviously a lot of mindfulness that has to go into that because I mean, we don't want to be like egotistical, but at the same time, like I enjoy spending time with myself. I, I enjoy spending time with myself too. I think it took me a long time to get there, but I really, oh, yeah. yeah. Like it, it took me a while to be like, man, like not just trying to like fill the space with something to do, like watching a movie or something, but really like saying like, Oh, I haven't spent time with myself in a while. Right. Just like walking around, like just bouncing ideas off my head and like really like doing some self-exploration. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a good, a good place to be where you can thoroughly enjoy your own company. Something for us all to strive for, enjoying yeah. our own company. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's, take it, let's take it a step deeper. And uh, let's say, Del, you have a daughter. Yeah, we'll say daughter. Um, and she comes home and says that, hey, like, I let me introduce you to my boyfriend and my girlfriend. And you meet them. And then after the fact, she's like, mom, like, I really value your opinion. Um, and I know you're not going to be one to judge me, but I want to know your honest opinion. Do you think this is a good idea? Okay, so my first response would be to tell her that I'll support her no matter how she, how, how she lives her life. Excellent place to start. Yes, and that I love her for her and not for who she is dating or how many people she's dating or seeing married <laughs> 100%. to or anything. 100%. I will back her. But then I would ask her, I would ask her a few questions to make sure that that she um I'd ask her a few questions I'd ask her if she 
well, okay. I'd start with this question. I'd ask her to tell me the things that she loved about herself. And if she could be those things with both people and with both people at once. And if mm. her answer is yes, then I would be, be encouraging of it. And if her answer is no, I would ask her if she's willing to give up those parts of herself or if she thinks she needs to find someone or someones who she can be those things with. And then I would ask her what um, the decision-making between the three of them had been in order to get to the place they are. And if this mm. had just kind of happened, if this was very yeah. intentional and this was something that they had discussed in detail, because I think with those kinds of situations, especially even with two people, but especially considering a third person, sometimes mm -hmm. there's not communication about what each individual is looking for. True. And she is wanting to like foster a deep in depth um, intimate relationship with these two people if they are truly there to do that as well, or if this is just kind of a fling for them. And I think those are the two questions I would pose to her. Well, dang, though, that was, that might have been the, the best thing you've ever said on this podcast at this point, <laughs> like the most, the most wise advice up to this point. That was incredible. Like listeners, like you all should write that down for not only your children, but for yourself. I know I am about to write this down. Like, just look at yourself and what you value and are you willing to let any of that go if the relationship compromises some of that like just 10 out of 10 s tier advice thank you from dell <laughs> and uh i am literally just going to copy what you said because i literally could not say anything better <laughs> completely agree like i am honestly just kind of taken aback at that like whoa it's like we're it's like we're a straight straight up like podcast that people should listen to or something. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, no, I, that's a question I ask when a lot of my friends come to you for advice about their relationships. Mm -hmm. That's what I pose to them: um, is what do they value about themselves, and if they're willing to lose that. And I do that because I had to ask myself that in previous relationships, and usually. Yeah was no I'm not willing to lose that about myself and I have stepped mm -hmm. out of relationships and it's really hard this it sounds easy but it's really hard to make that decision that no oh yeah place for me right it's really hard but once you make it I think that um when you find those pieces of yourself again you will be so grateful that you step back oh yeah there have been there have been a couple times in the last like year or two where like I've had to make that decision about like am I willing to compromise this core aspect of who I am or what I believe for another person. And like both times the answer was no. And I like, maybe not immediately after, cause I was sad about it, but like a couple weeks later, I was like, what a great decision. Like, wow. Yeah. Like I feel so much more me now. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of something I, I tell my friends, like if I haven't seen them in a while, I'm like, and they ask like, oh, how are you doing? Like have your own. And I'm like, I feel so much more me than I've ever felt at any point in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful feeling now. Yeah. Okay. Del, I have a question. Okay. Um, unless you wanted to add like a specific comment before oh, I did go for it. Um, how did you come to like, realize this, like this specific piece of advice? Was it just like your life experience or did someone tell you this or what was it? Um, I was actually, um, I, it's advice that I came up with when I was um, speaking to a client because I see clients, oh. as a, I'm, I'm not licensed, but I work under someone else's license as a therapist. Yeah, it's part of your education. Right. And I um, asked the client that, and it just kind of came to me in the moment. Yeah. But I think it's something I had learned like shortly before that, again, and ending a relationship because yeah. I remember... It was a situation in which um, I was dating this person and they, every time, so, okay, backing up a little bit more. I used to work at a psych hospital and there were moments at work where something really like 
exciting one happened in that like I had an adrenaline high. And this one time um, I had been attacked by a patient and it had scary. Been, it was very scary. I had, <laughs> I was covered in bruises. I had been choked out. <laughs> terrifying. terrifying. Holy frick. I know. And fortunately, most of the memory is blocked. I don't actually remember it. I'm told most of what happened. I don't remember much of it. But after it happened, um, I felt like I had done a good job at work in how I responded to it. So on my way home from work, I'd called someone who I was seeing and I was telling them about it. And by the end of the conversation, I felt so bad about myself. And I just, I didn't want to tell anybody what happened. I just felt like this mm -hmm. awful, awful person. And I couldn't figure out why. I was like, this is an experience I had. It was like, I felt awesome. I did a good job at work. I got, I got a little um, certificate from my boss saying you did a good job. They stood at my hospital. Hey, you just got brutalized by a patient. Here's a certificate Here. for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it was just, I felt, I just felt good about myself and how I responded and how, like, I talked to the patient afterwards and like, like fixed our relationship so that she like trusted me and I trusted her again. And, um, looking, like looking back, I was like, well, why did I feel so bad at myself all of a sudden? And I realized it's because of the person I talked to kind of brought me down. And I said, just like you know, sapping your energy, just sap my energy and made me feel absolutely terrible about myself just making fun of me telling me that I was probably doing a bad job but I felt like I did a good job and just I stuff I don't even understand how they made me feel that way but they did and so I remember hanging up the phone and I said you know what I'm not willing to lose the feeling of being awesome <laughs> for this person <laughs> I want to if I do something awesome at work I feel awesome for and whatever it is I don't want to have to feel like I can't tell this person because I will feel like bad about myself afterwards and so I said I'm not willing to lose that about myself and that's where absolutely that came from and so and it's something I wish a lot of people and like my friends would see about themselves is that they how awesome they are how awesome they are and how they shouldn't let anything whether it's a job a relationship a family member a friend anything take from that and if they're willing to let that go you know what I'm saying keep preaching let's go <laughs> And so that's where the concept came from. And I just kind of honed it in a little bit. And that's, yeah, that's where it was. <laughs> wow. That, I was not expecting the story to be like that amazing. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, life experience, it'll teach you a lot. Like my, my description at the beginning of the podcast was correct. You are iconic. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but... I don't know. So you mentioned that you, you just are going to mirror what I said, if your child came to you with that, um, was there anything else you think that your child would want to hear in that kind of situation? Um, I think that, I mean, this is going off of the idea that at this point, my child would feel like they lived in a positive and affirming house. Um, and they would feel comfortable obviously telling me about all this. Um, so based off of that premise, I would just think that, um, depending on how old they are, if this is high school, college, way different depending. Mm -hmm. um, but let's say that they're like a youngish adult, like 20 or so. Um, I think that they would both simultaneously be looking for affirmation mm -hmm. in like this decision that they've made or are in the process of making. But at the same time, they would want to know what I actually thought about it. Right. So I think that balancing those two um, is honestly like what every parent struggles with and like is looking to perfect. Um, and I think that the way the way you put it really effectively balances those two um, halves of the equation, as it were. Um, and uh bouncing back off of your your point about uh being with someone who like kind of saps your energy mm -hmm. um look for friends like family romantic partners that feed into you yes now not not in the way of like oh yeah they feed into you in a really toxic way where they just kind of enable you feeding into you does not mean enabling you right. it means do they swing through the rafters with you when you're on an amazing like high off of a victory and something right and are they 
are they down there like in the dirt with you when you're working through something and they're just maybe if you need affirmation at the time they give you affirmation if you need some tough love and like they're willing to they're willing to help you kind of strip the varnish off of your soul if you need it right mm -hmm. and that's that's what me and you are looking for Del. yes yes someone to feed into us as we mm -hmm. feed into them as well definitely definitely so okay polygamy polyamory was there any other concepts within that that you wanted to touch just very briefly um, give it to me so we mentioned like uh intimate partners so how does that translate into sexual partners like threesomes or yeah, yeah you know it, it probably it probably would behoove us to talk some sex because this is <laughs> in essence like this is definitely a sexual topic yeah all right so um i think that um in my in my view um it comes it comes down to like what we talked about talked about near the beginning where it's like i mean if all if all three are like or four five whatever are <laughs> consenting and like it's it's not like a harmful negative thing and like i mean i'm not going to personally judge someone for it right and um me personally i'm like not necessarily like against an experience like that i don't know how i would actually like i couldn't tell you yet if um i would agree to to um something like that because i don't i just don't know how i would react right what about you you know i've always said and i think i think i still stand by it that in my own intimate relationship no but as like just like a hookup experience or someone as a else, third as yeah someone else's third like another couple's third like i'm fine with that but within my own no and i don't know why that is it's mm -hmm. just that i guess like it's like almost like a um it's like if it's my relationship i want it to be two but if someone else is cool with a third then it's not yeah. my relationship and they're ethically okay with it i don't mind being the third i just couldn't be in the relationship like you have to have you have to have your own boundaries and you have to have them set so yeah, i think that's exactly. that's important yeah um i don't think there's anything wrong with it even like in my own relationship i don't think it's ethically wrong i just think yeah. that based on my um i guess you would say uh boundaries it, mm -hmm. it would bother me yeah and i think like kind of echoing back to um our purity culture conversation we're like me and you have already outlined like our beliefs on purity purity culture and like sexual ethics within the bible or the fact that like the bible doesn't really have a lot to say Mm -hmm. that directly relates to modern sexual ethics because mm -hmm. like god was mainly trying to convince people not to like brutally rape each other yeah at that point unfortunately so, uh, yes yeah or like engage in like other like abominable practices like child sacrifice and all that mm -hmm. hateful stuff yeah um but i think that i mean as long as as long as you're ethical about it and uh, me personally, I don't think I would be down to be someone's third. And this comes mm. right down to the fact that uh, I am very het. Fair enough. <laughs> very straight. Um, and I've done a lot of thinking about that. And uh, I just don't think I would be down for that. That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't think I lean more heterosexual. I think I lean, I lean more bisexual. And so that's mm -hmm. probably why I am so like, you know. Which is cool. Yeah. Is this is this your first time like saying that in like a like a semi-public space? I like alluded to it in a tweet once, but it was a reply <laughs> tweet. <laughs> so I don't think anyone saw it. So and that doesn't really count as coming out then. Not really, no. <laughs> um, but I'm not private about it. Like people in my yeah. life know. Yeah. And people at my old job all figured it out. And that's kind of when I quote unquote came out is that everyone mm -hmm. asked me and I, well two people asked me and I said that I, I was bisexual just because it was like the closest thing I can identify my feelings as and they were like oh, okay and then it became like a, like all my coworkers knew I was bisexual and then I was like well mm -hmm. I can't keep it a secret now everyone knows <laughs> mm -hmm. so it is what it is 
Well, Dale, congratulations on your continual coming out. Then. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is a very dense, intense conversation about polygamy, polyamory, um, the kind of the idea of uh, cultural imperialism and kind of like forcing your opinions on other people or other cultures and uh, the process of valuing yourself too. We've hit yeah. on a lot of stuff today. We did. We really did. It was a good conversation though. I appreciate oh, it. I think so too. I think, I think we both made some excellent points. And uh, as per usual, when this goes live, I'm sure, I'm sure if certain people listen to this, they will be upset. But uh, <laughs> all I got to say is that uh, I'm just going to say what I, what I believe. And uh, sorry you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. We can't please everybody and we can't fake our, I mean, we can fake our opinions, but we shouldn't fake our <laughs> opinions. <laughs> no, we should not. No. <laughs> now, Dell, we usually go back and forth and like we don't decide the topics until um, kind of a couple of days before the podcast. So we usually yeah. can't announce them. But this week is a special week mm -hmm. um, because uh, we do know our topic, but it doesn't really matter because I'm thinking I'm going to post that one as our first episode. Okay, fair enough. So uh, it'll be a little bit weird time-wise for the listeners for these first four episodes, but I guarantee that after these first four episodes, we will go in chronological order. Okay, I, I'm, I'm down for whatever order you want to post them in, so. Sweet. Yep. So it'll, it'll probably be episode four, then one, two, three. Okay, I, I'm cool with it. So until next time, everyone, you'll probably be listening to episode five after this one. So enjoy that one. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we'll figure it out, though. <laughs> and uh, as always, signing off, I am Curtis Cooper. And I am Delaney. This is Deconstructing. Have a wonderful day, my lovelies. Bye.